Hi everyone and welcome to my podcast, Is That What You Think? which includes a lot of conversations and also a little bit of coaching thrown in. In each episode, I'll be talking to some amazing people, finding out about what they do, how they do it, what they think and how they navigate life's obstacles. I'm sure we'll find out some interesting things and also if you're in the same career as my guest or you want to get into their industry, then hopefully you'll get some useful insights. I'll also throw some coaching questions at my guests to really dig deep into their mind and their innermost thoughts. So, if like me, you're a bit of a people watcher when you're sat in that coffee shop, then I know you're going to love this podcast. So, let's not waste any more time and I'll introduce you to my guest. I know Matthew Gilmartin, but to everybody else, he's known as the Veg Lord. And he's just informed me I've known him for 13 years. Hi, Matt. How are you? <laughs> I am good, thank you. How are you? Thank you so much for inviting me. You're I'm very, excited. very welcome. So, like I just said, I thought we knew each other 10-ish years, and you've just told me it's 13 <laughs> years. How quickly time flies. And we work together. Um, many, many moons ago, we were in the same team, did a similar role, and now you've completely changed. You've moved out of the corporate world, moved out of that office, and you are now known as the Veg Lord. So for everybody listening, <laughs> please enlighten us. <laughs> so the Veg Lord is, well, first and foremost, obviously, yes, it is me, but we are a local wholesale fruit and vegetable supplier um and i started this out uh just coming up for 12 months ago so the end of may was our first ever our first ever apple was was sold um but yeah i so I'd, obviously like like you said you have known me for 13 years always the the office worker and just that's what I wanted to do for so many years. I went and left um, left college and didn't get the grades that I wanted for university. Um, pr- pretty much because in my second half of my last year of college, I had gotten so bored with revising and doing exams and education. And all I wanted to do was work. And at the time, I had a part-time job in a pub. Um, and I loved it. I absolutely loved it, you know, working with people and there were different faces that came in every single week. And I was on top of the world because I had like my own little job and met loads of new people who I worked with. But also I met loads of new people who came in the pub every week. And then when I obviously like I was doing that as like my sort of part time college job. And then when the when the, the university day came through, I remember it like it was yesterday because everyone was checking their UCAS, mm-hmm. I think it's called, the, the thing that tells you what your grades are, and it was on this specific day. In fact, I still think it's the same day every year now, so everybody getting the real level results. And I remember that morning, I opened it up and, and I cried because everybody that I knew was like texting, you know, we were, we were texting back at the time, there wasn't, you know, there's no WhatsApp. No, no nothing. <laughs> in the olden like, days. So uh, yeah, in the olden days, yeah. In fact, I think I had a flip phone actually, I don't even think I thought to um, And everybody was texting, you know, like, yes, I've got in and I'm going here and I'm moving to, I don't know, Birmingham or wherever. And everyone was so excited. And I remember driving to the college 
just so deflated and just thought, well, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. And, and it was, and at that point, I knew that I had to do something to get, to not, I wasn't going down the route that everyone else was going down, which I guess is possibly why I've ended up where I am today, because I'm trying to do something that's completely different. And I'd, I remember thinking to myself, well, it's not the end. I've just got to do this a slightly different way. Um, so I contacted Gavin, as because I knew Gavin from coming in the pub who we used to work for, and said, can I come and do some work experience? Because I'd taken French, German and English as my A-levels and I'd, I had originally planned to go to university and to do um, a translation degree. And it, he obviously ran a translation company. So I was like, you know what, this is perfect. Like, I'll see if I can get some work experience. And I think I did. He said, he said yes straight away, like he was he was really up for it. He was like, I know that there's a department that, um, that I think you'd fit really well in. So, you know, we'll we'll get in touch with the director and uh, we'll we'll get you in there for a couple of weeks. So off I went. And I think I ended up doing, I ended up doing about a month in the end because there was a huge, I don't know if you remember them, there was these huge leave and arch files with all these documents in. Again, before things were like massively mm-hmm. electronic like they are now, there were actual pieces of paper that we had to deal with. And the my first ever job there was going through these folders and ticking off on this list what was in these folders and then finding out what was missing um, and contacting people to get this information. So it took, you know, like a couple of weeks to do that. Then there was a little bit more work, so I stayed on for that. And then eventually I got offered a job there and it kind of went from there really. And then this document sorting out business <laughs> became this big project. Um, there was a role created and, you know, obviously stayed in that department and I absolutely loved it. It was my first ever office job. Um, and then I think from there, it, things moved quite quickly because we were shortly after acquired into, you know, like a big PLC and it became, there were a lot more opportunities. There were a lot more projects of a huge restructure. Um, and at such a young age, you know, like sort of pre 20 to have that exposure to that experience was massive. You know, I learned quite a lot quite early on, um, I think I was supervising my first team by the age of 20 and I had my own team by the age of 21. Um, you know, I actually had a team that I managed, I was responsible for. And at 21, it was like, wow, uh, I'm not sure how I've ended up here, but I remember, <laughs> I remember you coming in and we were just told, oh, it's somebody doing work experience. So yes, you, you got quite <laughs> some boring jobs and some kind of <laughs> I loved it, you know, I did, I loved it. So yeah, so so Matt had all these tasks to do, but you came in kind of a little bit apprehensive and nervous, which anybody would coming into a corporate environment where you have these assumptions and stereotypes and you have all these thoughts going around in your head. But what I remember is you just smiled at everyone. You just got on with everybody and you asked lots of questions, but we could tell from kind of, day one, day two, actually, yeah, he he's keen. He's not just kind of thinking, oh, this is just for a few weeks and I'll just do what I need to do and move on, thanks very much. But you were genuinely interested. You genuinely wanted to ask us questions, get to know us, what we were doing, why we were doing it and where you kind of sit that in amongst all that and what where your work fitted in, which was really good to see and we did 
pushed you and we did challenge you and we did give give you kind of lots of things and you just flew with it so yeah i remember you coming in kind of this fresh-faced nervous boy but then within like a couple of months you were just flying you were just so so good do you know do you know what it was like with the asking questions there it's so funny because i have genuinely done that like pretty much my whole professional life mm -hmm. shall we say um because and i think this is why i've in previous in roles that i went on to do afterwards at, at a different company i think i got on people's mm -hmm. nerves because i used to ask them why are we doing that like you know and i not because i just fancied being awkward on that day like i'm like well i need to understand why because i'm not just going to do it just because you've said you know what i mean like i want to know what's going on give me the 411 what's happening you know and then, and that's that's just how that's how I do everything. Like I like to know why something happens, why, like why something is a certain way. Uh, like for example, in, in, in this, I don't even call it a job because it's not a job because I feel like that means you're working and I'm, I love it and I don't feel like I do work. I just like go to a place of work. Do you know what I mean? Um, but I always ask questions like when I'm down at the market with the suppliers, I'm asking all the time, why does that happen? Why does this happen? And then probably some days, like, my God, just get your potatoes and go. <laughs> <laughs> but I do, I'm interested. And I think with that, with that job, I had, I had to make it work. And not that I wouldn't have done if I didn't need to do, but I was in a situation where it meant everything to me. And the route that I was, not even supposed to go down but the route that I was going down I'd planned to go down with university it hadn't worked out so I had to work something else out I had to have another plan I had to have something else up my sleeve so it had to work and I had to adapt and you know and and do things differently and again maybe that's why I'm here doing this now because again I didn't just I didn't I've never planned this like this was never a thing I would never in in my wildest dreams ever imagined for one second that I would be a in the retail sector because I used to always think at Christmas that when I used to go and do my Christmas shopping I used to think oh, these yeah. poor people working in retail at Christmas you know like it must be hard um and I just never thought I would end up here but again I was in a situation where I'd decided that the corporate world was not for me anymore and I wanted to do something completely different to re-engage my brain and I didn't have a clue to run a business. I still don't. Um, I didn't have a clue about a lot of things, but you have to go and learn it. You have to go and find that out. Like you have to go and ask the questions. You have to go and read things online and you have to, you've just got to, you've got to keep chipping away at it because it doesn't come and find you. Um, do you know what I mean? So yeah, God, that's a little trip down memory lane, isn't it? <laughs> no, and there was me thinking, oh, it was about 10 years ago. And there's Matt going, no, it's about 13. Yeah, time, time really yeah, does fly. So as the veg lord, tell us exactly what do you do and how you kind of fell into that role? So the original plan was so if I give you the timeline I had left my previous employment and I had just I needed I needed three months off that's what I'd said to, I'd just been speaking to a friend and I was like do you know what I need to take three months off and just reset myself because it had been really tough in COVID both professionally and personally as I'm sure it was yeah. for a lot of people um 
and had really got to the end of my tether with just every day when I went to work, I was constantly trying to motivate myself and it it even got ridiculous to the point where I was like, maybe if I buy a new diary and a new pen, like I'll enjoy writing things down. I'll enjoy being in this meeting because I've got a bit of new stationery. Like that's how crazy it got. That's how much I disliked it. I was buying my way out of this unhappiness. And I was like, there's got to be a drastic change in here somewhere. I've got to make this move. So anyway, um, was was speaking to one of my friends and I said to her, I was like, do you know what? I'd love to have something like a little deli. Um, you know, like we used to go out on a Saturday for breakfast and we'd go to all the little artisan shops where they've got, you know, really nice bread and cheese. And then we'd go back to their house and we'd eat it and just spend the day just eating all this really nice food and everything. And I've always been really passionate about food, always. Like for, I've always wanted to cook from a really young age. Like my mum taught me how to cook, um, you know, like when I was quite young. And I just, I've always enjoyed it. So I said to my friend, um, I, I'm going to open a deli. And she immediately said to me, she said, just be careful because I know how much you like cheese. <laughs> and that might not be, that might not be as profitable as you yes. would hope because you might end up taking it home. Mm-hmm. And instead of selling it, you might miss the point. Um, anyway, so I ended up... Um, opening a fruit and veg shop for the simple reason being that I had I'd always had um, sort of greengrocer's standard fruit and veg. So I either shopped at a greengrocer or I got veg boxes from, from places. And I always got really excited when this box of veg that turned up. I always did. But over the years, I'd, I'd looked at it and just it always was in the back of my mind. And when I came to sit down and plan this, I was like, it's it's all well and good, this box of food turning up. I love it. And I don't like knowing what's in it because I'll find out what it is if I don't know what something is. And I'll make something with it, you know. And that's how, I guess, you learn how to do anything. You learn how to cook or whatever. Um, so, uh, so when I was looking at it, I thought, do you know what? We're missing a few things here. There is there's no cooking inspiration so there's no menu card that's something that we do it's one of our usps we put uh, change the menu in every box every single week um because it gives people um it doesn't give you a a a meal for every single piece of veg in that box but a good part of it and just kick starts a little bit and you know it shares a little bit of how i cook and what i would do with food in that box so so that was the first thing um and the second thing was that when I started this, there was, I wanted to have an ethos. It wasn't just about selling fruit and veg in a box or selling fruit and veg from a shop. There was, there was a, a I mm-hmm. wanted to be a brand. Uh, it was, it was important that we gave back. It was important that we had a message that, you know, to, so we support a local food bank and we have done since day one. And it was important that we did that right from the beginning because, like I said, I always think to myself, we're not here just to make a profit. We're here to make a difference. And that's how I spend every day um, doing this, running this company, is that we are constantly trying to make a difference, whether that is, you know, working with a food bank or, you know, just, just whatever, really. So it's, sorry, I probably not answered your question. I've gone off on a bit of a tangent, but... I'm just so I ended up anyway so those were the two things that were really important so then when I got those two things together I I ended up um starting to look 
for somewhere to open this concept that I had in my head. And I let me tell you now, I looked at retail space, I looked at sheds, I looked at um, just all these spaces that you could think of. And at one point, because I was struggling to find somewhere, I nearly opened it in my living room. I'd looked at storage to empty my living room <laughs> and build a studio in here, like just and run this home business. Um, but obviously, like that wasn't feasible. So I decided to kind of go down the route that I'm, that I'm in now, or in the shop that I'm in now. Um, so, yeah, so we don't just sell fruit and veg. We've got a specific reason that we exist. We've got um, a, a message that we go to market with to people. We'd like to do things differently. Um, and do you know what? We're a personal business as well. People come in that shop as well, just to get to do the shopping, but they come in for a chat as well. Like the amount of people that say, you know, I'll be in on Tuesday for, you know, our weekly catch up or whatever. And that's, that's who we are. And that's what we do. Yes, we are a vegetable merchant, but we're also people as well. You know, um, we just like to do things a bit differently. And I can't give you a specific answer as to why we do things differently. We just do. Like, it's just the way I do a lot of things in life. I just like to do things a little bit differently. <laughs> Matt has his own unique way of doing things. But in this day and age, I think that we have to be a little bit different, but we've also got to stay more true to ourselves because like you said, if you didn't enjoy what you did, you would probably have got bored and moved on to something else. So, that, so it has to be kind of intrinsically you. It has to be you are your own USP. And you said at the beginning that you opened this business without very much kind of knowledge, experience, business related qualifications, whatever it might be. How have you been able to kind of keep motivated and keep striving towards the success and the achievements that you've got kind of without kind of any kind of grounding in business? Purely because I, I always think if if I don't know how to do it, there is nobody else that I can ask in this business mm -hmm. because it's just me at the moment, you know? Um, but the way I've seen it is, it's that real cliche saying of every day is a school day, but it is, if I don't know how to do something, I go and read about it or I'll ask somebody that does know or someone that's got their own business, like I've come up against this obstacle. Have you had this before? What did you do? Because I think in this world, whether you are in the same industry so whether you're effectively competitors or whether you are doing something completely different we can all learn something from each other um and like that's what i do i keep myself motivated by i it sounds strange but i actually quite like it when i don't know something because i'm like oh another thing that i can go and find out like, and i feel like what then that gives me a sense of achievement once mm -hmm. i've sussed it out that actually i know something else and i can and then later down the line maybe someone else that i bump into in you know who's got a small business or whatever that doesn't know something and you can pass that knowledge on because it's not a secret you've just got to you've just got to go and look for it you know you can then like i said help somebody else out or you know that might not know that question later down the line um but the only the only and i have my accountant <laughs> because <laughs> honestly i must absolutely do a head in because i was ringing up about something to do with vat the other week and i was like i know this is a really stupid question 
but what does this mean? Um, not VAT, like I wish I know what that means, but as in, I just, I'd asked her and I said, I'm really sorry, I know it sounds daft. And she said, no, 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 it's perfectly fine. You know, um, because when I spoke to her when I first obviously sort of got an accountant in place, I was like, I'm going to be really honest with you now. I know nothing about accounts whatsoever. And she was like, well, that's why you employ somebody mm-hmm. like me, a freelance accountant, because that's how, that's how everything works, you know. And I guess really in the wider, in, in a wider perspective, that's how the economy works, where if you don't know how to do something, then you give that job to someone else. And, you know, that then puts money into another small business, you know, so you get somebody, I don't know, to print your leaflets, that gives another small business a job then you pay someone to do your accounts that gives them and that's how the small economy mm-hmm. grows doesn't it Absolutely. you know so um but i still ask her questions about ultimately she takes care of a lot of my account my, my accounts but i still ask the question because i still like to know about it i've no intentions of doing anything <laughs> with it but i still like to know about it though still like to know what's happening but if you know what she's um, doing with the information so, yeah. you can maybe present it in a way that's easier for her to access you can log your finances in a different way than perhaps you were originally doing because you now know what she's going to do with the information how she's going to use it what she needs to know so that does help you when it comes to kind of record keeping and things like that i guess (laughs) i'm just laughing because that was the funnily enough a conversation we had a few months ago i was like listen to me rachel i was like i have got everything in a monthly folder like as in from the second i open all my receipts are in a folder and it's all stapled with a little thing on the front of it. And she was like, that's brilliant, but we need a spreadsheet. And I was like, for goodness sake, I wish you'd just told me that. Like, um, no, so, but yeah, that's it. And I did, I did say to her, I was like, look, I'll work whatever way is easiest for you because it's not me doing this. So I'm happy to just do whatever it is that you need me to do. But no, she's um, she's very helpful. Um, and I, I wouldn't be without her because honestly, when I bring her up sometimes, she must think, what is going on about her? <laughs> but that's the thing, that then allows you to get involved in the business and run the business, be the business. If you haven't then got to think, oh my God, I've got to take a, a day out every week just to do my bookkeeping and chase up receipts and find out where I've put a certain invoice. If you know how she's going to operate, you can just get involved in all the stuff that you prefer to be involved in and the, the actual stuff that then is going to bring in more money to then pay the accountant. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And a lot of people keep saying to me as well about um, obviously what our expansion plan is and things like that, as in not from a, they want to see what's on the, on the business plan, um, which by the way is not on a piece of paper, <laughs> it's up here. Um, like, uh, telling people about this 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 infamous business plan that I've got, but in actual fact it's all just sat up here. Um no, but people ask about like our expansion and you know, like what bits will you let go when you do grow? And at the moment I I love doing like the vast majority of it, you know, like the the days start so early, you know, it, it really is like a two thirty in the morning start. Like that's what time it's sometimes it's early. If you've got a really busy day on it is earlier. And to some people it'd be like, I can't wait to get rid of them early mornings. But I love it. Like that's the bit that I really enjoy because it's just I don't know, it's just one of my favourite bits. And then every day somebody new will come in and you'll have a new chat with a new person and I just being with people is what I enjoy the most, like, out of being in this business. And I, I said um it was I think it was only a couple of weeks ago that the 
screenshots on my phone were coming up on my time hop of all the research I've been doing. And like the first time I ever went to the market, way, way, way before I opened. And I just said to people, I'd put a, a post in my Facebook group and I said, I just feel like I've met a whole bunch of new friends. Um, you know, like it's been, it's coming up to a year. It's been an incredible year. And there's people that I see week in, week out, sometimes more than once in a week. And we just, we just catch up like we've known each other for years. It's crazy. Um, and in actual fact, we've known each other like just a few short months. And it's amazing um, how you can just so yeah, spark the... a connection like that. And long may it continue, definitely. So these early hours, tell us exactly yes. what time do you have to get <laughs> up in the morning? So it's normally about 2.30. It used to be like three o'clock, um, 3.34. But obviously the more we've grown, the busier we've got. I like to try and get ahead a little bit. Um, and don't get me wrong, there is absolutely no consistency in my sleep. <laughs> let me tell you, like, don't tell you for one second that I get up at 2.30 and go to bed religiously at six o'clock. It doesn't work like that. Sometimes I go to bed at 11 p.m. because I've got things to do. And you know what? Those days are hard. <laughs> like, you know, it really is. Them are long days. Um, so I always say to people, if you're coming in the shop today and I'm making absolutely no sense whatsoever, it's because I was still up at 11 o'clock last night and I got up to go to the market at 2.30 this morning. And I've done that twice this week. So I'm talking a little bit more <laughs> rubbish than usual. Um, so, so, yeah. So the hours, do you know what? The hours are long and when people ask that question they go oh it's a long day that but i don't feel like it's a long day like obviously physically sometimes yeah. it does feel like a long day because you can't help but get tired but there's so many different elements to the day if i have to break it down like from half two till half seven in the morning is i class that as like my time so that's me getting up getting ready going to the market having a chat with the lads down there bumping into people that have also got fruit and veg shops and have a good old natter with them and then I'll go back to the shop get things unloaded get everything packed up um and then by the time it gets to half seven then like I've got my delivery sort of thing and then so then that's my delivery window and then at 10 o'clock the shop opens so that's open then till you know the afternoon so that's another part of the day then you've got evening deliveries and then it's come home and have dinner and maybe catch up on a few bits and then go to bed so there's so many different elements to that day that it's never monotonous like you're never just doing the same thing you know like they are sometimes they are 18 hour days if not longer but you're never doing the same thing like there's always something else to be getting on with whether it is packing the veg up or it's unpacking or it's sorting some invoices out or catching up with somebody when they come in or it's just i, I find it really exciting um ask me again in two years the novelty might have worn off slightly um but you know like it's just it's i love it i absolutely love it it doesn't feel like work to me at all um i just i don't know it's it's crazy because i started off with i started off in the car park of where the the place that i am now it's uh it's an old mill and uh i started off in the car park with a pallet a trestle table and a little trolley and just had my veg boxes and some little bags of tomatoes and like whatever I had on me sort of thing that I got from the market that day, I'd bag them all up and stand in the car park and give leaflets out to people. Um, and, you know, people got to know me and 
that sort of thing. And I'd be there every weekend. And eventually then a pattern started to form because when I went on holiday, um, just this was before I opened the shop, somebody said to me when I came back, they're like, oh God, we really missed you. I came down here last Saturday and you weren't here and I wanted some blueberries or whatever. And I thought, hang on a minute, this is picking up a bit of traction now. You know, people Mm -hmm. know that you're there. And that's, I remember my grandma saying to me when I told her that I was going to do this, I think first of all, she thought I was crazy. Um, <laughs> and then secondly, she said, she said to me, she said, because my grandma said, um, she's had a shop before, um, like back in the day. And she said to me, she said, just remember, you can open and expect everybody to buy from you just because it's you. There's got to be a reason as to why mm-hmm. people come to you. And it's stuck with, it has, it has, you know, stuck with me because it's a really valuable lesson that anybody can sell anything whether it is fruit and veg or whether it's cars or whatever you might have a slightly reduced customer base it depending upon how you sell it you know if you're good at it you'll have a big customer base if you're not so good at it, you've got a smaller one but ultimately people have got to buy from you they're buying mm-hmm. into people and i enjoy talking to people and i use that as my driver every single day because I'm like who's going to walk in today like what are we going to talk about and it's exciting because if I was just miserable people wouldn't come in it wouldn't work do you know what I mean so it's it's people buy from people and your personality has got to make it work um, and like I said I absolutely love it and I wouldn't have it any other way um, and it's so true people do buy from people and it's what a lot of my clients find out along the way and that's what makes the difference between somebody has um, some money, they want to go and buy something, they're going to give their money to the person that makes them feel valued, special, whatever it might be that they got a rapport with that they've got a good relationship, they would rather give you that money for your product than somebody that they don't have that relationship with, no matter the quality of the product, yours could be not that I'm saying yeah. it is, but yours could be slightly lower quality, but somebody will still give you their money because they prefer you to somebody else. And that's what makes the difference. And that's what kind of a lot of my clients kind of figure out along the way is that, like we said, that you are the reason your business exists. You are the reason why your customers come to your business. Yeah, and I think it's almost like I think of it as like the ten pound note concept in my head, where if you have if you are given a ten pound note to spend at a shop, regardless of whether, as you've just said, somebody's quality might be far superior, but if they are miserable, you are loath, and especially in the small business community, to give that ten pound mm-hmm. note to that person because the other difference as well is if a big supermarket got on your nerves you would still go back because you would just be like, oh, well, it's that supermarket. Whereas in the small business world, you're actually handing that money over to a person that's paying somebody's mortgage, you know? And like, it's, it, that's, it's, you, people do choose to shop with somebody that makes them feel valued. And I, I like that about what we do because I like to make people feel valued because it's important that it doesn't matter what walk of life you're from, who you are, what you've done, there's absolutely no judgment we are just all here i hope we all make it you know what i mean like that's that's how i see things like i really do hope we all make it so you've got you have got to make people feel valued because when people come in and talk to me and they ask me about my day that makes Mm -hmm. me feel valued and 
I just, you know me, I just enjoy chatting <laughs> to people. I do. <laughs> I just, so honestly, I think sometimes there's some people that come in the shop and like, I don't know, the husband might be sat in the car or whatever. And I know that before someone's come in and they've said, can't stay long because they're such you know they're in the car and they're waiting for me which is code for i can't stand here yeah. chatting all day because i know you love <laughs> the chat <laughs> and it's so clear oh, that you it. absolutely love what you do and i was going to ask about kind of the how you attack any challenges and things but it's so obvious that you just you see things as a challenge but you see them as something positive that you can get out of it. You kind of ask yourself, well, what am I going to achieve by overcoming this? So you're always looking for kind of the positive angle. What about when there's any kind of stress or pressure at work? Obviously, you said about the really, really long days and getting up super early, especially on like the dark, dark nights, cold mornings. How do you kind of cope with any kind of negative thoughts or any stress at work? So I have a regular appointment with uh, a therapist and I have done now for a good couple of years. Um, I actually speak to them. I go to once a fortnight. Um, I used to go once a week and it grounds me so much. Um, it took me a long time to go and there was a significant event, which I'm sure we'll probably talk about at some point in this, um, that that really kick-started that. Um, but my intrusive thoughts are very swiftly um not even discarded but they are mm. discussed um in you know quite a bit of detail and that really helps me um i write a lot of things down and since doing that i have noticed that usually my stress is very temporary um if i'm having a stressful day it is like a couple of hours and i am often being very dramatic um and it's either because i've been <laughs> tired and i've not had a lot i've not had a lot of sleep um or it's just something and nothing and i really break it down where i go right is this a real thing or are you just throwing all of your toys out of the pram like what is it and i have a chat with myself like a little yeah. staff meeting um and i'm like right let's have a sit and we'll talk about this now we're a little one-to-one -one mm -hmm. with myself I'm like right how how bad actually is this will this be resolved with a decent night's sleep or is this like a longer term problem um and usually to be honest the stressful parts of this for me and normally when like when I have had quite a few short nights sleep, or I've had a bit of broken sleep or whatever, and I'm particularly tired, that's usually what it is. It's more physical mm. than anything. Um, you know, when we're busy, um, which these days is <laughs> pretty much every single day, um, we have like one quiet-ish day a week um, in which I used to catch up on a lot of my paperwork and stuff like that. But um, even then recently, it's it's really picking up, you know, because we're, we're not even 12 months in yet. Um, and we've already got such a good customer base, but even when we're busy, I don't get stressed. Um, my mum might tell you a different <laughs> story because she sees me when I'm really stressed. She'll be like, yeah, right. We can always tell the good story. <laughs> but, yeah, exactly. But, um, but no, I try not to, I do get stressed, don't get me wrong, I do. And I, uh, uh, if there's something particularly annoying me, I've got a bit of a short fuse, but normally it's just, right, I'm all right now. Once I've spoken mm -hmm. to somebody about it, whether that is I pick up my mum and I just scream at her 15 minutes <laughs> on the phone and tell her everything that's getting on my nerves, or it is that I go for my therapy session, I always, I'm, 
I'm a talker, as 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 we've established many a time already. Um, but once I talk things out, I always feel miles better. Um, or I'll I'll voice note one of my friends who it gets up at an equally stupid time like I do. Um, totally not in the same industry, but she just gets up early by choice, and uh, she uh, she will often more often than not have like a sort of four and a half minute five minute voice note from me on whatsapp that is just me going <laughs> <laughs> but i always feel miles better just need to rationalize things sometimes. that's it isn't um, it and i you mentioned some really good key things there like you said you you take your emotions out of it you take the judgment side away from it you kind of stand back you almost kind of stand outside of yourself and then look at what's going on and it's it's always so much more positive and so much more beneficial if you can just pause for just that second and then ask yourself those questions that, that you mentioned about okay well what is really going on here what's really happening how do i really feel about this what can i do about it and what can't i do anything about and it's it's taking back the control. And I know like you mentioned it there, life has thrown you a couple of challenges and a, a few curveballs along the way. And it just, I mean, personally and professionally, it just makes me really proud that you have achieved so much in such a short space of time. Um, how do you think all those kind of challenges as we've called them have made you who you are today? Well, thank you. That was very nice of you, wasn't it? <laughs> oh, <laughs> I do always feel like you were like, that work for me now. <laughs> oh, another way to make me feel old again. Thank you, Matthew. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but no, um, do you know what? The biggest, so the biggest challenge and one of the biggest reasons that I did this um, was because in 2020, so obviously a lot of people who know me personally know this, 2020, um, my dad passed away. And it was the single most biggest life-changing thing that has ever happened to me. And some people might sit and listen to this and go, well, yeah, of course, like it's a big thing. But you know, at the time, like when you're in it, you don't realise just how much it changes mm -hmm. you as a person. Like it is such a big thing to lose someone who, like if they, you wouldn't be here without them. Do you know what I mean? Like as in like, it, it, so it was back then, I was super unhappy with myself mm. anyway, like take all of that away. But on, so I got a phone call from, so my dad actually rang me on the Tuesday, I think it was, and said, oh, I've, I've got, you know, I've got this, I've got this problem and I have to, uh, I've got to go to hospital. Um, I'll just keep you posted. And my dad was always really blase about things like that. Like just took everything in his stride and was reasonably unbothered <laughs> about quite a lot of things. And he just sort of, you know, it was just like, yeah, it is what it is. And I'll just, I'll just keep you posted. Like, I actually wish I was a bit more like my dad sometimes, like a bit more, he was so chilled out. Um, and uh, so, off, so anyway, off he went to hospital and he was keeping me posted on what was going on. Um, and then on the Wednesday, he was having some more treatment and stuff like that. And then I didn't hear from him Wednesday night. And uh, I remember his best friend had texted me and said, have you heard anything about your dad? I was like, no, he's, I know that he had, was speaking to the doctors mm -hmm. this evening. Um, so I'm gonna, pick, I'm gonna pick up with him in the morning. And the following morning, my phone rang at four o'clock. And this was before, obviously, like I did any of this. So it was, that was the middle of the night sure. to me back then. And I knew, I knew mm. straight away, like that 
this was it. Um, I didn't actually know until this point that it was that serious. Like none of us did. It was such mm. a big shock. Um, and this is I also I've just realised this is like the first time I've ever actually like sort of said all of these details like <laughs> out loud. <laughs> Obviously not out loud, but um, in a public forum like this. Um, but it's it on that that morning. So I had to, so off I went to the hospital and when you have that conversation where the doctors essentially say this is it there's nothing else that we mm. can do this problem's gone too far that was 48 hours 72 hours at max and my life yeah. changed like that literally at the drop of a hat it was the biggest most single shocking thing ever and i could honestly pinpoint to you now and i say this openly to people now that was the point where everything mm-hmm. changed everything because he was in his 60s like early 60s and it just in fact he was 62 and it just it went so quickly and at that point I thought it is again that cliche life is too short but actually I'm miserable with this job anyway um and like what what am I doing what am I doing? And you know, I do often say a lot of the time, oh, well, just do it, you could be dead tomorrow. And I know, I know it's like quite harsh, you have to use that term loosely, but mm. it's so true. You know, it's a big thing. We It was so difficult, like as a family, it was the biggest shock. It was horrendous, like absolutely horrendous. Um, and I, we all went through such a hard time. Like my sister was so young. Um, I was 28 at the time and my sister she was like she was so young she was 20 and I think back to myself I'm like do you know what what would I have been like with a lost my dad mm. at 20 you know we all went through such, such a big thing and it was at that point really once I'd sort of decided to go and see a counsellor and really talk about these things that actually I needed to make sure that what I was doing was a enjoyable and b was worthwhile because I needed to make sure that I was enjoying myself. So sitting behind a desk, dealing with people who were bloody mm-hmm. hard work, just wasn't the way forward anymore. You know, that, that huge part of my life that had happened actually changed mm-hmm. me for good. Like it changed everything. Um, and it was, I went back to work in the September. Um, so I was taking a couple of weeks off to process what had happened and, you know, plan mm-hmm. funerals as you do. Um, and then went back to work and I worked all the way, just worked through it, worked every, every spare minute that I had, it was work. And then at the end of November, I had booked a week off just because I had some annual leave to use. And I finished work on the Friday and I was like, you know what? I'm really looking forward to this week off because it's been a tough few months. It's been really busy at work. I'm just gonna just have this week to, you know, just chill out a bit. And I finished work on the Friday and on the Saturday I had just this massive mm-hmm. meltdown and I had been ignoring this problem for so long that was still there and I was masking it with work and um you know trying to keep my mind occupied and actually what I needed to do is to sit down and address what yeah. had just happened um so then fast forward about five months after that I then started to see a counsellor and it just that then I started I'd committed to myself I was going to work on myself um and without all of that I wouldn't be doing any of this that I'm doing today because going back to what we were talking about before when I am having one of those moments I do step outside of myself and I go 
right, let's break this down. Whereas before, I would have spent a week being fuming about something because that was me back then. I'd be like, well, I've got a bee in my bonnet now and I'm going to see how long I can drag it out for. Whereas now, actually, I'm a bit more practical and I do break things down a little bit more. Um, so, yeah, so that was that was uh, quite a big thing and probably, like I said, one of the reasons that I'm doing what I'm doing today. I mean, that's yeah. that's very honest. It's quite yeah, heavy, isn't it? you kind of <laughs> giving us so much of that information. Um, and it's, like you said, it's being able to take, and again, it, it's taking back that control. And I was going to ask you kind of how you keep your mindset so positive, but I think when you've been faced with something so tragic um and so life-changing i think it it forced you to rethink everything and to address any kind of mindset issues any kind of anxieties that you were having and i guess you still do that kind of every week by like you say by journaling things down or by just having a chat with either yourself or or somebody else yeah and do you know it's at the time, you know, this is this is going to sound crazy, but when I started to sit and look at this, I was like, this is, I could sit here and be sad about this for the rest of my life. And don't get me wrong, there is not a day that goes by where something either doesn't remind me of him, but I laugh about it now because he was, <laughs> there's so many things, like so many memories that we've got that we laugh about. But I could have sat there and been miserable about the fact that he isn't here. And don't get me wrong, it's bloody hard. It really is. But number one he would not have wanted that because he wasn't that sort of mm -hmm. person anyway and number two it it's never going to change mm -hmm. you know like so you've got to make what you've got right now you've got to make it work and you've and that's that's just what that's how i go about daily life and yeah it is it's awful it's hard some days are difficult and there's some days where i just sit there uh, in fact i did it just before christmas and, I, and after about I think it was about two hours of keep having to pull the van over on the side of the road because I couldn't stop crying. I rang my best friend and I was like, do you know what? I'm having a really bad day today. And it's just, I actually think it's going to be a bit of a challenging week. And admitting that it, things are challenging is another big part, I think, of being able to get on with things. Because I always used to, in my own head, I would always just think, well, you've just got to get on with it. You know, you've got it can't problems can't be a thing, and they can. Things are problematic. Life is problematic. Life <laughs> is difficult. But when you say I'm having a bit of mm -hmm. a rubbish day, that's fine because you address it, you deal with it, and you move on from it. But keep ignoring it. That bad day doesn't go away until you actually say I'm having a bit of a yeah. rubbish time. Um, and, and you you've once you've said it, and it, it and you automatically feel just that little bit lighter and you just can start seeing kind of the cracks where the light's starting to come back through again. Totally. And it's about just embracing who you are as well, I think. One thing that I've learned is to, for example, with me, everyone who is, like you see these people that have got these, I don't know, huge corporate business and like consistency is key and this is key and that's key there is no rule book <laughs> i have got no consistency whatsoever at all i don't i don't have a consistent pattern for anything so long as my business keeps running 
you know, and it still works, then that's good enough for me. But I don't, you know, get out of bed in the morning and drink a load of ice cold water and write all my thoughts down. It's not, some days I do, some mm-hmm. days I don't. Uh, and I quite like that element of surprise. Um, you know, I quite like thinking, who will I be today? What will I be doing? Do I have time for writing things down? Can I be bothered? Do I have motivation for it? No, and I'm fine with that. You know, there isn't, because a lot of people do say consistency is key and it'll probably bite me on the backside at one point, <laughs> but I'm consistent. I'm consistent in the right yes. places. You know, we consistently provide a good service. We are consistently rotating stock. We are consistently doing things that we need to be doing in that business. But personally for me, like I said, sometimes, sometimes I think sometimes I don't. I'll just see what I feel like. <laughs> you are your own person, Matt. <laughs> And and that's the way (laughs) you have to find what works for you. Otherwise, there is no point in doing it. You've got to enjoy it. Yes, like you said, there are going to be some days that are more difficult than others. But that day will end just as the good days end, the bad days end too. And I think you've got a really realistic kind of healthy attitude towards kind of life and and business. Um, So I'm just going to kind of lighten the mood a little bit with them random questions (laughs) for you and i'm very intrigued about these answers so with some clients i ask them to kind of look into the future so by doing that Mm -hmm. we get into a spaceship so you and i are in our little spaceship and we're having a lovely time (laughs) we travel one year into the future yeah. Where are you? What are you doing? What can you see around you? Very interesting <laughs> question. Um, so long as there's cake, I'm there, right? Let's just, Matt, let's just you know me. There's always cake. <laughs> you better have packed a picnic soon. Oh, there's a picnic. Because if not, I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> I should be saying you should pack the no, picnic, think... not me. <laughs> Having picnic, yeah. It's all right. <laughs> um, so if we went a year into the future, well, um, funnily enough, somebody, someone asked me about this only the, the other day, um, just about the future in general, there wasn't a specific time frame. it was more about um, the growth of the business. Um, if I'm being completely honest with you, uh, I don't know, uh, and I, and it's not because of any lack of forward planning, I've got a number of things that are in the pipeline at the moment um and i'll keep it with things because <laughs> watch this you know place. we are we are watched very closely a lot of the time so i don't like to you know give too much away let's get these interested and there's some so, some challenges yeah. but you're motivated and, for moving through the next 12 months Massively, yeah, and I think if I had to go into it, I'm not avoiding this question by the way, I'm just giving you some background. Um, so if the reason that I had I've got a vision for the next 12 months, but the it's a loose vision, and that's simply because the last 12 months I had got everything mapped out. This is what we were doing, this is what the labels would look like, this is what the boxes would look like, this is what we would do, this is what people would buy, this is what we will sell, and you know. And it was all, I was really rigid with it and really set in my ways. And obviously you've got to have some mm-hmm. sort of plan, 
you know, you can't sort of decide that you go in the fruit and veg shop and end up selling cat food because that's just mm-hmm. not a thing, you know what I mean? Like, you've got to have a theme. You have got to have some consistency yeah. in that bit. But with with the next 12 months, there's so many avenues that I've got at the moment. I'm almost at a crossroads where, and it's, it, well, it's not even a crossroads, it's more like a roundabout because, like, there is a direction mm-hmm. that we can go off in, but actually we can go down all of them um and in the last 12 months i've learned so much where actually some of the ideas that i've had have just not happened simply because they were a good concept but they just weren't right for where Mm -hmm. we've ended up um but if i have to give a, a, a proper answer to that in 12 months time i would still have the same levels of enthusiasm that i've got now um it might involve more than one of me as in you know sort of people working Mm -hmm. there um and in 12 months time i want us to give an even better service than what we've got now um which is one of the one of the plans that's in the short-term pipeline is to enhance the service that we've got um and yeah, and ultimately, do you know what? And I know it sounds really cheesy, but it's to still continue to be happy because I just, I love this little space and I know it's not going to be like this forever because at some point, I mean, we've grown a lot anyway, but it's going to grow again and I can't do everything myself. You know what I mean? Like I'm already yeah. at my limit with the amount of hours. So I know that at some point, someone else is going to have to do part of this job. And it, ooh, But if you're having those thoughts does... now, you can just gently think about them you can just pass those thoughts through your mind and just not dwell on them for too long you can say well okay well that's the future and I'm prepared to think about it and I'll mull it over for the short term but I'll think about it when I'm a bit closer to maybe being able to do something about it and I guess that's again that's a healthy kind of realistic view to take so that you are you're not just Mm-hmm. putting it in a box and saying I'll deal with that another day you are actually thinking about things now but you're not committing to finding an answer right now which you said you don't need to have that answer right now so you're not going to put your pressure on yourself to get to that too soon no but exactly because the old me would absolutely have needed to have an answer for absolutely everything I would needed to have you know a plan for what next month involved what next week involved what next year is involved because i was so used to and i think you probably know this coming from a commercial environment as well you have got to be Mm -hmm. so far in the future and rigid with your plans whereas now i just don't think (laughs) you've got to have a plan like i said but it's not i'm not I'm not answering to anybody anymore. So my plan is just like tomorrow, I might be able to tell you exactly what the next 12 months is because something significant might Mm. happen, I don't know. Um, But it's just, I just find it. So as long as I'm still as excited about going to work every single day as what I am now, then that's what, I don't know, that's where we'll be in 12 months. (laughs) Who knows? I I honestly, I don't know. When people ask me that, I'm like, I actually don't know. Um, it could be anywhere, like it literally could be anything. All I know is that we will be still providing the same standard of service, if not better, um, you know, to more people. Well, I for one am definitely following you for the next 12 months, just to see where all these little routes <laughs> and roundabouts sure. take us. 
I'm following me for the next year because I don't know what's happening either. I told you, I have no clue. I, and I've always said this, like, I am so open to new ideas all of the time because the first, it's strange because starting up and running your own business and it's probably the one thing in life that I don't know a great deal about um, is running a business. But you've got to find out, you've got to learn, haven't you? Absolutely. You've just, just got to see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> so let's learn a little bit more about the person behind the veg lord if i mm -hmm. was to drop you on a desert island what three things would you take yeah. with you cheese first thing i would have to have cheese because if it's going to be hot we can melt it and that solves okay. a lot of problems okay so that's it so that's the first thing notice um, how quick he answered that question by the, the way cheese Oh, hugely. I mean, you honestly, anybody, you ask anyone that comes into our shop, they will tell you that my obsession with food is real. Um, so, so that's the first thing. Let's take a bit of food with us. Um, second of all, I would take blank pieces of paper and a pen because this is because I actually have a problem with lined paper. And I found this out when I was starting this business up, and this is not a personal vendetta against anybody that likes straight lines or lined paper, but with when you're alone with your thoughts, having the ability to have blank paper and a pen is so unstructured, you can draw a picture, you can write a list, you can write a sentence, you can write a word, you can do whatever. So that's the second thing. Yeah. Um, and I think particularly if you are on a desert island, there is not going to be a great deal of other distractions. So, you know, you could maybe become an artist or a poet or whatever, but blank pieces of paper and a pen. Um, can I have that as, as one collective <laughs> thing? Or do I have okay, you can have three? it like we used to have at primary school when the pencil is like roped, tied onto the piece of paper and the clipboard. It's like one thing. Great. Right, wonderful. I'm probably taking this a bit too far outside the box now, but I just need to make sure, you know, we're not exhausting this list. So, yeah, so, um, and I think it's important for that because on days when you are, I don't know, alone or secluded, to write things down or just to write how you feel or draw how you feel is hugely mm -hmm. freeing. Um, you know, and often that's where quite a lot of ideas come from. You write something down, like, oh, that looks like good. Oh, maybe we do this, maybe we do that. And then all of a sudden mm -hmm. it's a thing. Um, because one of the first things I did when I started to plan this was, I was like, I've got all of these ideas up here. I got huge A3, not A3, A1 sheets okay. of paper, and I pinned them to the walls in my office, and I just wrote everything out. I drew what was in my mind, what things would look like. I wrote lists, and they were there was no order, but everything went on there, and that's, that's how things came out of my head. Um, and lastly... Um, what is the third thing that I He's going to say more cheese, isn't he? He's got cheese, he's got... <laughs> no, I was going to say bread, but I feel like that's too far. Um, no. Um, what is the other thing? We're not allowed phones, are we? Are we allowed take phones? Take what you like. I think I would have to take my phone, because I'd need to let my mum know that I've got there all right. Yeah, but you know, I'd have to text her. And I'd have to ring my gran, because if I don't ring my gran, she'd go mad. So I probably would take my phone, which obviously encompasses a lot of things. And do you know what, to be fair, and I'll openly admit it, and it is a huge habit that I need to try and get out of, I do spend a lot of time on my phone. Um, simply because that's where I run yeah. my business from. You know, it's it's such an electronic world. 
um, and I probably would be quite lost without it. Um, but there are days where I do section off where I go, as in sort of when I come home at night time, right, it's going on Do Not Disturb at this time, and that's it. I'm not looking mm -hmm. at it till tomorrow. Um, so, yeah, I probably would take my phone. But those three things, like, in all seriousness, would actually bring me a lot of comfort because the phone's there in an emergency if I need it. The, the, the pen and paper is very freeing and the cheese, well, I mean, <laughs> hello. You've got to take cheese with you. If there is not cheese at a party, it's a meeting. Like, anyways, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so, going back to cheese again, um, I always ask my guests this one question What is your most favourite but weirdest sandwich filling? Right, so. <laughs> 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 this is a real life situation right so i used to have years ago i used to always go to subway um like you know the sandwich shop and i used to always get tuna mayonnaise with pepperoni uh what was the thing that i used to have on it there's tuna mayonnaise pepperoni cheese and pickle and it was the most random combination <laughs> because I never used to have it warm, I'd have it cold. And I remember going in once, I must have been, I don't know, 17, 18, I was at college anyway, and the lady behind the counter who gave me my sandwich, she said, were you drunk when you made that up? And to me, it was totally normal. That was like quite a normal <laughs> sandwich filling. But now I think about it, I'm like, God, I don't think I'd do that now. I mean, I probably would. Do you know what? Let's just have it on the table. I probably would. Um, but yeah, that's probably my weirdest okay. sandwich filling. What other ones have you had, by the way? I'm interested to we know what had, other people's are. We now. have had <laughs> quite a range of fillings, and still only one has actually repulsed me. All the rest I can actually <laughs> get on board with. Um, so yeah, so you're doing all right. right so another okay. question for you. <laughs> If you weren't going to get in trouble, you weren't going to get arrested, nothing bad was going to happen, what one thing would you steal? From where? From anywhere. Just anywhere. Oh, God. Um, what one thing would I steal? Probably a yacht. <laughs> Because, just imagine, right, let me just set the scene, right, you've got your picnic, uh -huh. right, and, you go, and you, you're going onto the beach, and you think, actually, do you know what, it's so busy at this beach today, I'm not, I'm not here for this, I want a bit of seclusion, I'm off to that desert island, right, you get, you get this super yacht, and you just drive off with it, imagine how freeing that is, I mean, you'd be a bit stuck if you ran out of fuel, or whatever it is that they run out, because then you'd have to ring the lifeguard to come and get you, but probably a yacht because i don't know i just think it would be fun like i feel like i feel like if you were to 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 drive off in a in a car there's a lot of accidents that can happen there it's far too dangerous whereas with a boat you're just like i'm off see ya into the sunset i can go swimming if i want i can sleep here if i want and i can actually just stay here forever so yeah probably a yacht and I've just made that up on the spot because I've never thought about stealing anything in my life. So <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. No, I yeah. just I love asking those questions because 
especially with what you would steal it it really does show kind of how you think about things and what you value and i guess you've said it all throughout this conversation it's about what makes you happy but also what you can control what gives you that kind of structure to your day that you want but also what can you kind of keep with you what can you hold on to but what also enhances the world around you and as admittedly cheese can do but a yacht can do on a much <laughs> grander scale so yeah i'm all for that if you could have any celebrity client that comes into the shop who would you have um so my probably one of my most they, they inspire me quite a lot it's a, a TikTok chef um who lives in lebanon if she walked in my shop we would <laughs> die um because i'm actually obsessed with her with her like just everything that she does and just like who even are you like mm -hmm. what are you doing um so probably her um oh mrs hinch i do love mrs hinch you know and i have followed her like forever um and i just just her and stacy solomon together it just give me life like they really do um so if I, I know you only asked me for one so and you do have a little obsession <laughs> with kind of keeping your home lovely keeping everything in its place keeping things clean and tidy <laughs> There is a reason that this camera is facing this wall because today is my day off and that's the day that we sort everything out that we don't have time to do on every other day of the week. Because my mum walked in last week and she was like, oh, it's a bit of a nest in here, isn't it? And I do like to keep on you top do. of stuff, but honestly, it's, imp oh, it's impossible sometimes, like absolutely impossible. Um, but although I do feel like my mind is at rest when things are tidy, like I do, I don't like having a messy bedroom because I feel like then if I wake up and it's messy, I'm, my day is starting yeah. with chaos, mm -hmm. if you know what I mean. Um, no, I yeah. I'm 100% with you on that one. I'm, I'm exactly the same. And when I finished kind of with, with my coaching sessions, I clear down all my desk. I make sure everything's kind of back in its rightful place. Everything's where it should be. And you just feel better. You just, you feel productive. You, you feel positive. And like you say, if, clean workstation or a clean kitchen just brings you that added extra little bit, bit of peace so we're all for that so mm -hmm. my coaching is all about how i can empower all my clients how they can increase their confidence how they can improve their mindset basically help them regain their control, which you have done amazingly well. So all credit to you, Matt, absolutely. Um, I love my clients when they get the success that they work hard for and it makes them feel unstoppable. So my last question for you is what makes you feel unstoppable? Hmm. Very good question. Um... There's probably, there's a few things. If the, the, the main thing that makes me unstoppable and I wouldn't be anywhere without these people is my family. They make me feel unstoppable because no matter what, whether I am having a bad day 
or whether I am having one of the stressful days that they are on the receiving end of me at the other end of the phone wigging out. Um, they all make me feel unstoppable because it's the reason that, uh, you know, we spend a lot of time together um, as a family as much as we can. And every time I spend time with them, I feel a bit more, I just feel a bit more complete as in, and, and I try not to take it too much for granted, particularly because of what we've talked about in this, but they all make me feel unstoppable because they are, there's no judgment. They support every single thing that I do, albeit sometimes I think they think I'm a bit crazy, but nonetheless, they are still there backing me 100%. Um, and I wouldn't be anybody without them. Uh, that you know, I wouldn't be the, the person I am today without them. And also, on top of that, my really close circle of friends, like they have, honestly, I'm not joking you, they they make me feel unstoppable because in the right circle of people, you are unstoppable. If you are around the right people and like-minded people, it will, you know, everything will work out because even, you know, they they are there for you on your, again, on your bad days and they, they listen to your rants and your, your mistakes and things like that and they don't judge they're just always there and the, uh, collectively they make me feel unstoppable that's so lovely big shout out to vicky and chelsea definitely and all of matt's friends yeah. kind of cheerleading you from <laughs> from the sidelines that, that's so lovely and i think you've given us all so much kind of food for thought no pun in oh yeah actually it was intense um, <laughs> thank you Matt I absolutely have loved this hour with you um, you've been absolutely amazing and thank you so much for letting me pick your brains um, and also a big thank you to everyone who's listened to this I will put all of Matt's social media links website details in the show notes you have to go and follow his Instagram stories they honestly will make you howl with laughter every morning his stories are brilliant <laughs> So please follow this show, leave a review, follow me on social media. And if you have any subjects or questions that you would like me to include on a future episode, please email me coaching at suzannebryden.co.uk. And I can't wait for you to join me next time for another wander through the human mind and its thoughts and how we achieve success. Matthew, I will see you soon. And I look forward to seeing everybody else Thank soon you. too.